welcome to the Worthy Bitch Podcast, the place where we discuss all things self-worth so we can stop living life as a victim and start living life on purpose. My name is Autumn. I'm your host and the creatrix of the Worthy Bitch. I am so excited that you have made the decision to embark on your Worthy Bitch journey. Now let's dive Welcome back to another episode of the Worthy Bitch Podcast. Today we have a very special guest. I'm so excited. We have Carrie from the Set Yourself Free Podcast. Welcome, Carrie. How are you today? Thank you so much for having me, Autumn. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm so excited you're here. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about what you do and how you serve the world. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a coach. I work primarily with female entrepreneurs and I help women to really bust through the self-doubt and fear that they have in their minds and lives so that they can have profitable online businesses. That's beautiful. Yeah, that is a huge block. I know I've known, I've seen it for myself too, you know, when you're trying to get something started and you're putting yourself out there, there's all of these limiting beliefs and things that show up from your childhood and you don't even know where they're coming from. Yeah, it's, it's just fascinating, right? Because especially in the world of social media and seeing everything in front of our faces, I find it's a whole different level of mindset we have to have that, you know, probably before the internet and social media that people didn't have to deal with because you didn't see people's results. And if you're not in a very good headspace, you know, it's, it, it could be a really inspiring thing of seeing what's possible for you, but oftentimes it can be really um, deflating and frustrating when you're not seeing results in your business. Yeah, exactly. And I think that the comparisonitis can um, also have like a very paralyzing effect on a lot of people. Instead of looking at people and saying, oh, they're doing that. That's what's possible for me. A lot of people get stuck in this like, oh my gosh, I'm not as good as them. I'm not as far along, all of those type of things. And then they set themselves back and they like hold themselves back from their limiting beliefs. Exactly. Yeah, very true. Yeah, and the victim mentality. And um, so... One of my favorite things that I hear you say all the time on your podcast is that shame only grows in secret. And I just love this saying. So can you speak on how that became one of your mottos? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, for me, it's also from a a lifetime of growing up with a lot of secrets and how that really did debilitate debilitate me in many ways um, because we we do grow in this version of shame when we don't talk about things that are really going on. Um, Because the antidote to shame, right, is to be able to share these things in safe containers and to be met with compassion or empathy and to have a safe space to process what's actually going on. Um, But when something happens and we're unable to work through it, then shame uh, shows up as something is wrong with us Versus like, okay, maybe I did something or I had a thought and this thing happened, but it doesn't make me bad or me wrong or something like that. But that's 
that's just oftentimes what happens. And so I find that if you don't have those places to work through your stories, it's so easy for shame to fester um, because we do then just kind of by default and by programming with most of us in the world, like especially as high driven people, we feel like we have to be perfect. And so when we are missing the mark, so to speak, then we start to feel really crappy about ourselves and then that shame can show up and then that spiral really happens, right? For so many of us um, and so many clients I work with and so many women that I talk to because we feel like we have to live up to this standard that, you know, is pretty impossible for most of us to quite frankly live up to. Yeah, yeah. And it's also a standard that I feel like we would never place on another person. We're mm. so hard on ourselves and our expectation for ourselves is usually so high that if we heard anybody else saying those things, we'd be like, you know, lighten up, you know, just relax. So you're, you're speaking about safe spaces, and I know that that's one of your big things that is making sure you're in a safe space to share. So that way the shame, you can take a, a good look at it, you know, and that way you can work through it instead of letting it build within. So what does a safe space look like for you or how do you create that for your clients? Yeah. So to me, the baseline of what we need, especially when I'm like working in a coaching container with clients is a non-judgmental space. So to know that somebody is going to, you know, maybe hear one of your secrets, quote unquote, of like how you messed up or how you did something wrong or whatever it is that you're playing in your head, but that somebody's going to meet you there and not judge you for that that you're gonna be met with positive self-regard in that way. And that to me is like absolutely essential because without that, you're not gonna feel like you can show up and share those things because you're gonna be so afraid that that person is going to meet you with judgment or they're gonna have something negative to say about you. Um, and so that goes into it. Along with just, you know, to me, I, I think sometimes, at least maybe just me personally, but I talk to a lot of people. Sometimes we can get really weird online because we're like, oh, how do I like talk to people? What do I do? You know, and it's just the same way you would show up in a room or create relationships, you know, offline, you can bring online and creating that like, no, and trust factor. Like, are you somebody that shows up consistently? Do you stick to your word? Are you able to really provide um, a helpful space for clients to grow and again to know that you're not going to judge them in the process. Yeah, definitely. That makes all the difference. It just brought a memory to my mind of when I was in China and one of the first times I had somebody, it was my cousin, she held space for me in that way to where I felt safe to really just like open up and I think three hours went by. I didn't even realize that that much time had gone by and I poured out my heart about all the stuff I didn't even realize I was holding within. And that's what happens. People underestimate the power of communication and just speaking out loud so many times. But oftentimes we, and what I found is most of the time we have the answers within. And when we're able to have that safe space to feel like we can speak it out, we don't even necessarily need another person to show us anything. It's just kind of like a guiding light. And like you're saying, holding that space, creating that container. Absolutely. I could not agree more. You know, I think like, absolutely. We, 
want relationships. We need relationships, all of that. But I definitely believe the answers are within ourselves and particularly as women, right? Like we have such strong intuition. It's just, again, so much of our programming and default ways of being in the world have taught us to not listen versus to listen. And so I find the majority of the work for most women is unlearning the patterns that we have been trained in terms of you know, what success looks like and what you need to do and be as a woman, as much as we can unlearn that and start listening to ourselves again and really build that self-trust muscle, like that is what's going to serve us. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And that's what I was going to say when you're talking all those things. I'm like, oh, it's the self-trust. It's all about the trust. When we get these programmings and when we're brought up in the societal norms and things of that nature, we deny our intuition and then we stop trusting ourselves. So then after we grow into women, when we're children, a lot of times we have like our parent or somebody that's telling us everything to do every step of the way. So we don't have to think about it. And then once we're adults, it's like, Oh my gosh, I don't like trust myself to make these decisions. It's, it is debilitating. Yeah, it absolutely is. And what I find, you know, is so many women are second guessing Mm -hmm. everything. And it's like, well, should I go this way? Should I do this? And to me, anytime we're in that should space, like there's something to look at. And again, if we can meet that with non-judgment of like, huh, like curiosity to me is what we can break that down into of how, you know, we become curious about what's going on versus judging ourselves. And if we can look at that and explore like, huh, why do I feel like I should be doing this or who told me I should be doing this? Um, and really honing in again on like, how does that feel within yourself and your body? And is that what you're wanting to do and desiring to do? Or have you just been led to believe that's what you have to do? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It makes me think about children because children are really in touch with their emotions and their body and stuff like that. And then we learn to deny that part of ourselves because we're told that it's wrong. Yeah. And then it just brings in all of those trust issues. So how have you seen the trust issues show up as blocking someone from their untapped potential. I love how you speak about everyone having this untapped potential within that they just have to access. So how have you seen like the the fear and that programming block people from accessing that? So I think it can show up in a, uh, I mean, a lot of different ways, but I definitely see it show up in women that are, really afraid of what everyone else thinks of them. You know, I I think sometimes we see these patterns or behaviors, but we don't name them as fears or we don't see them as fears. But I think they oftentimes do come down to some type of fear or limiting belief within ourselves. And when we're seeing that, it's like, oh, there's probably something going on here. Like, let's dig a little bit deeper and see what's under the surface. And like why I love the name of your podcast is because so much of this comes back to a worthiness piece, right? Like, do we believe that we are inherently worthy? And all of society trains us to believe our worthiness will be found in another person, in a handbag, in a trip, in a whatever, you name it, right? A car, a this, a that. And 
it's so easy to get caught up in it. Like I even find this in myself often, right? And I spoke pretty candidly and I'm trying to speak more about it, but I was like, oh no, 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 I'm not finding my worth in the money or the whatever. I love what I do. And most of that was true until I hit certain milestones in my business. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh no, I am. Like, it's so easy to get caught in that. And because what I found is like, I hit a really big month and then the next month I didn't, I didn't make as much money and I felt really crappy about myself. And I was like, wait a minute, this is not why I have a business. This is not what I'm here to do. But it's so easy, especially in the online space, because everyone's like, grow, scale, do this, do more and go bigger. And so when you feel like you're not measuring up, all of that like worthiness stuff bubbles to the surface. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And then we tend to, with the social media and all of the internet stuff, we have access to everybody all over the world. And so we'll compare ourselves to somebody else when they've been doing it for, you know, 20 years or 30 or years or something like that. And we've been doing it for maybe a year or two. And then we're looking at them like, Oh, and judging ourselves and criticizing ourselves for not being where we think we should be based off of what we see someone else doing. It's so toxic in so many ways. I yeah, think and it's, it's just interesting. Oh, sorry. Oh, you're fine. I just think it's all about being able to have that awareness, that self-awareness and having discernment with your own mind and your thoughts. And like you were saying, like really sit back and be like, why am I feeling this way? Why am I thinking these things? Why am I doing what I'm doing? And taking that in Ayurveda, it's called the Kapha time. It's like a sacred pause, the integration moment, giving yourself a time to really feel it out and understand and be like, oh, is this really what I want with my life? Mm, I love that. I love the phrase, the sacred pause. That's good. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. So even thinking a little bit more about like fear or things that, you know, hold women back or clients I've worked with, like I was just thinking of, you know, a couple of clients that even after like they finished working with me recently, some of their biggest takeaways were like, thank you for giving me permission that I'm not missing anything. Like they were so convinced that they were missing something. And, you know, it's kind of like good news, bad news, because I'm like, I don't have some magical secrets that are going to happen when we work together. I, I mean, I believe in my coaching to my core. My clients get really insane, fast results. But at the same time, it's not because I'm like, oh, here's the five, you know, secret strategies to build your business. It's no, let's figure out what is going on for you and under the surface for you. And let's tap into that potential within yourself because we're in our own brains every day. You know, like that's the magic of having outside perspective is like, we can't see what we can't see. Yeah. Yeah. We have all those blind spots. And I know a lot of people, myself included, I used to do this. I think I read The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle or how Eckhart Tolle. And that's how I realized what my mind was doing to me. But we really latch on to every thought and we think like, oh, it's inside my mind. So it's me. So it's important. So I have to listen to it. I have to do what it says. It must be right. And that's just simply not the case. You actually can select your thoughts 
and choose which ones you allow. That's why it's called a mindset. You're actually setting your mind onto something and you can choose what you allow your mind to set on. And I, I, I recognize this in myself last night, we were driving home from a meeting and my mind went to something and it was making me feel not very great. And so I started thinking about something else and then I felt that thought pull me back in and my mind set right back onto that thought and I started feeling not so great again and I was like, oh my gosh, I literally felt my mind move over and set onto this thought and I'm like, no, let's come back over here. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that explanation. That's seriously so helpful. Really? Oh, I love metaphor yeah. explaining things in just funny ways, especially like ways that children would understand it. Because to me, that's making everything fun and the lightness. And like you were saying, having the curiosity that has made life so much different for me. Instead of having this expectation of being perfect and performing a certain way, it's all like, oh no, let me just see how it goes. I want to just try it out. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, and I, I mean, I coach clients around it all the time and I have to like coach myself around this too, but I think the more childlike we can all become, the better. Like we think about all these things within kids, like what you're just saying, but then think about all the ways that like kids ask for what they need. They don't have shame or pride or ego involved, right? I mean, maybe at a certain age, but up until a certain point, like if they need something, they are going to let you know. Yeah. And, you know, like there's just not that barrier that then we develop of like, you can't ask for help. You shouldn't ask for help. And the way that they are in the world of just being so carefree and full of joy and like seeing the little things, like there's so many attributes of kids that we could all learn from. Yeah. Yeah. And also allowing ourselves to feel because honestly, mm. it's only when we allow ourselves to feel is when we're able to heal, right? You feel to heal. And so children have no shame around if they fall down and they hurt themselves, they're not going to be like, oh, it's okay. Brush it off. Brush it off. Like, don't cry. Don't cry. It's all right. Like it didn't hurt that bad. No, they're going to just like full on, let it out, be in their body, feel everything. And then two minutes later, they're going to hop up and do it again. <laughs> like they yeah. do not have any regard and just like, oh, I have to, I don't want people to see me cry or, you know, where do we get that? It's just, where does it come from? Just societal conditioning mm -hmm. of our parents and stuff being like, oh, don't cry. Why do people say don't cry? I never understand that because I feel like that makes us feel like it's not okay to have feelings because it makes other people uncomfortable. I think it's so dismissive, honestly. I think there's so many things that we do. I think it's unconscious for a lot of people. You know, I don't think it's conscious behavior, but I think there's so many things we do that is really invalidating of people's feelings. And it's just because we are trained to think and behave that way. Exactly like you're saying, like, don't cry or like, don't be upset or, you know, whatever it is that we're basically almost shaming someone. We're like, you're not valid in how you feel or what you're experiencing right now. So please like shove that down somewhere and carry on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's so damaging to your, to your everything. <laughs>
like it just crushes you and i think that that is a lot of where that fear comes from and not being able to access that potential within and not trusting yourself like it all ties together so what are some tips that you give your clients or that you found that work the best for you to kind of pull people out of that fear and that meant that victim mentality and to actually start taking the action and trusting themselves Yeah. So I'm a big fan of building evidence lists. I think it's really important whether you have like a celebration list or an evidence list of things that you have done. And a lot of times, like, let's say you're building a new business or you're doing something that's quote unquote new, your brain is automatically going to be like, well, I have nothing. I haven't done anything. (laughs) Like I can't, I can't do this. Right. But it's like, I, I guarantee you, you have some similar life experience that we can pull from, you know, and it's digging a little bit into what that might be, but creating that for yourself. And I mean, I literally will have clients like plaster it next to their computer, put it on your phone, set reminders, like whether that's three things, five things, a hundred things that you have done. But so you can remind yourself of what you have already done and what you're capable of. And then you can build from there because we are so quick to dismiss the things that we do, especially the things that come naturally to us because we're like, Oh no, 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 no. That's no big deal. I just could do that in my sleep. Right? Like we all have those things, but to someone else, it's like, no, 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 no. that's amazing. I want to know how to do that. Like seriously. And so that is one of, um, like a definite exercise I give clients all the time because I think it's just a quick hack to remind yourself of the things you actually have accomplished, you have done, what you're capable of, and just like retraining your brain to look for those things, right? Um, Because like the example, uh, I don't know where it, it came from, but there's plenty of examples like this, but like you go to buy a red car and you buy the red car and then after that, all you see is red cars, right? Before that, you couldn't remember seeing red cars to save your life. But now like you swear every third car is a red car. It's all you see everywhere. But you're training your brain to look for that. And so it's the same way when we're trying to do something, right? Like we have to remind ourselves of what we're capable of and retrain our brain to look for those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely programming ourselves to be who we want to be instead of continuing to run those default programs that we picked up along the way from our upbringings or from our environment, whatever it may have been, but to learn how to, like you're saying, un unlearn that. It's like, oh, I like to think of of the body as a video game and you can run whatever game that you you want to play on your system. And the more that you Mm. practice it, the better you get. And then the more you enjoy it, because a lot of times people get overwhelmed with life and like, there is a lot of demand that comes along with life. There's a lot of responsibility to being a human. It's not always easy. And so a lot of people get overwhelmed with that, but to be able to bring it back, my gosh, I just lost what I was saying. I lost what I was saying. That's so weird. It was like, <laughs> boom, right out of my head. What were you saying? The one tool. Anyways, I don't know. It'll come to me. 
Oh, oh, reminding yourselves of what you've done. I don't know where I was going with that. But anyways, I will say that a lot of times, like you're saying, the grass is always greener on the other side. So once we've done something, we're not impressed by it anymore. It's always the thing like, oh, once you have something, then it's not that big of a deal anymore. You're always looking to the next thing. And that can really also hold you back in so many ways. And so what are, so you said that you do the alerts on your phone and writing everything down. What are some other ways that you can help people move past those blocks and start taking action in their lives? Yeah. So I'm a big fan of like reprogram reprogramming your mind in this way, but I find that right. It's great to like stand in front of the mirror and say some affirmations and feel good about yourself, but it's probably not going to last very long. Like the reality is, is that is not going to do too much for you unless you combine it with a different feeling state. So you have to step into that feeling. And the best way I know how to describe it. And then I, um, work with clients around this is like, imagine you're on the other side of the thing, like whatever feels like it's in the way or is the belief you can't get past. Like, let's say, um, you have a business and you have a goal, you know, to make X amount of dollars by the end of the month, but you've never done it. So you can pull from evidence of what you've done before, but you also have to operate out of faith of what's possible right? Like every time we're doing something new. So to me, it's imagining like, what would you feel like in your body, in your lived experience, if that amount of money showed up in your bank account tomorrow, how would you celebrate? How would you be excited about, you know, working with the clients or whatever type of uh, business you have? Like, how would you feel in your actual body and go do that now? Like, would you dance around in the kitchen? Would you like go out to celebrate, you know, whatever those things are that you would do, like do them now. And as often as you can, because our subconscious brain does not know the difference between what we train it to believe and what's quote unquote real, which is the wildest part, right? That we now know in science, it's like so cool. And so that's like the biggest hack if there ever were one, if you ask me is like, I mean, the act as if model, I think can get a bad rap sometimes because people are like, oh, fake it till you make it, which I'm like, no, that's not actually what it is. But it is like living as if it's already true. And then you can collapse time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anchoring the thought, just like the thought is ethereal and then anchoring it into the body, into the physical to help it manifest even faster. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot of times I think we get stuck. Oh, I remember what I was going to say about the video. <laughs> and so you, you can play whatever game that you want. And the more you play it, the better you get. And then the more you enjoy it. And then the more fun it is and stuff like that. And it's the same way with life, I believe. Like when you choose to do something, the first time you're learning how to do it. So say you're starting a business or you're starting a podcast or something. When you first start doing it, you're like, oh, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have like, and it's hard and it's scary. And you're like, oh, how do I push these buttons? And then the more you do it, the easier it gets, the more fun it is, the more you enjoy it. And then if you decide, oh, actually, I don't like playing this game. You can take that game out and put the new one in. But a lot of times we don't realize that we're still playing a game that we put in when we were like five. That's just an analogy that I like to use of someone else gave us this game and they're like, here, play this. And so we've just been on autopilot playing that game, not realizing that we have a choice. We can make the, like make the choice to make the difference. Yeah. yeah. Do something different. Yeah. That's such a, 
such a good analogy and so true, right? And that's exactly what like default programming looks like for most people of like whatever they were taught or just, you know, happened based on life experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think also sometimes we're not even necessarily told what to think or believe or do. It's off of the things that we we pick up and then we tell ourselves those things. So it might not have even been something that somebody else programmed, but we saw something or we heard something and then we told ourselves it wasn't safe or it wasn't okay. And then we put ourselves in those boxes. And that is a big deal at what we were talking about earlier. It takes you, you have responsibility for that now. And one of my favorite quotes is like, oh, you've got a problem. You'd rather your problem, I can't remember how the quote goes, but you'd rather a problem be your problem than someone else's problem. Because if it's your problem, you can fix it. But if it's somebody else's problem, there's really not a whole lot you could probably do about it unless they want to fix it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the most empowering thing and can feel really frustrating when you like don't know how to find your power or where it lies or if you're still kind of trapped in some of that victim thinking, but the reality that like everything is on you and you are always at choice. It doesn't mean people obviously are not players in your life and that there aren't like compromises or things to work out of course but the reality is is like you are always at choice with what you do with what happens yeah yeah I mean ultimately it's your life I mean you do it every single day nobody is with you as much as you are there was something I heard that was like oh who who do you speak with the most in your life and people are like oh my spouse or something like that's like no actually you talk to yourself <laughs> all day every day constantly yeah, yeah. that's so true yeah longest ourselves. relationship yeah. yeah and a lot of times we don't even mm-hmm. like ourselves <laughs> yeah you know a lot of people are so stuck in that like place where they've been their whole lives that they don't even like themselves anymore. I know that was the case for me for so long. And I had actually going back to programming, I had actually convinced myself, programmed myself, all of these things like, Oh, well, you'll never be happy. You'll never be successful. You'll never have the relationship you want. You will never, you know, be proud of yourself. And I truly believed that nobody told me that I just decided in my mind one day, things were hard. I was like, Oh, well, this is how it's always going to be. It's just not in the cards for me. I'm just going to have a hard life this time or whatever. And I fully mourned the life that I was never going to have, you know, and I thought I was doing myself a favor in the time, honestly. I was like, oh, I'm getting this over with. So I'm not disappointed in the future. Really? I, I hurt myself so bad by doing that. Have you ever heard anybody else say something similar? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, uh, oftentimes like the way that we just think and believe, right? Like like that that's what it's going to be. Um, I don't know if I've ever heard anyone like articulated in that way, because I think the reality is so many people are still living that way, but not conscious of it. Whereas like you have both hindsight of it and you're conscious of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. Cause I just remember specifically being in that moment, crying, mourning it and being like, okay, you have to do this. And I was proud of myself. <laughs> I was like, okay, you're getting this over with now. And so that way you can live the rest of your life, not expecting or thinking that you're missing out on something. Cause you just know it's not going to happen for you. 
and it's just a, it's just such an odd thing and then having to realize like oh I actually put myself in such a bad place and I think that it's important to speak about these things going back to how the power of communication is so underrated and how we say a lot of times the things that we need to hear because I can honestly look back and be like wow the victim mentality has a lot like nothing really to do with other people it's all me what I choose to allow my brain to believe and to program into myself and then have you ever heard that quote where like what 80% of your thoughts are thoughts that you thought yesterday and so like why are you still thinking them what are your thoughts on that like how yeah we and it run that it's wild and then you know the research is like up to 70,000 or more thoughts a day that we have. And yeah, I believe it because the reality is, is A, I think oftentimes we're just not conscious, right? So the work is to like bring as much of the unconscious conscious because that quote that says, um, as long as we'll allow like uh, the conscious to be unconscious, we'll call it fate or whatever. I, I can't think of the quote mm. exactly how it is, but um, but basically we like say it's fate and these terrible things are happening to us where it's really, we're just unconscious and we're making these like choices that we probably would not make if we brought that into our awareness. And so that to me is why it's so important to do the work, to bring as much conscious as we can. Um, and then it's becoming aware of like where where is our choice? Where is our power? How do we find that and navigate that? You know, knowing that like, we're going to quote unquote mess it up. But ultimately, again, back to like the worthiness piece, there's nothing you can do to like really mess it up, like to mess it up so badly that like you're unworthy all of a sudden or whatever thing we're so afraid of. It's like when we can deeply root and ground into that, as our way of being and come back to it. Like my thing too is, you know, like, especially as it relates to confidence and mindset, like have 51% belief as often as you can. Like, great. If you have a day where you feel 70% in belief and in confidence, amazing. But I always talk about just like tipping the scale to a little bit more belief than doubt. And that's all we have to do, you know, like we don't have to feel amazing a hundred percent of the time, but that's also a lie of the world and the internet and where I see so many women like getting in their own way because they're like, well, I didn't feel amazing today. And I'm like, okay, but did you feel amazing? Like at some point or like, okay, enough to do something, you know, like that's all you need to do is step into a little bit of belief, not like the whole belief all the time yeah yeah and to just remember that you're not broken regardless mm -hmm. of your past or whatever is going on inside your mind you're not broken like you are able to if you feel that something is wrong then obviously you know that a change can be made it's like oh, okay well I, I don't feel good I'm not feeling amazing what can I do to enhance that how can I enjoy life more instead of just being like oh, well, I'm just going to stay stuck in this place and allow myself to wallow because it's, it's fate. It's how it is, you know, taking that responsibility. And it yeah. is, hard. a lot of people are addicted to the, I think one, people don't necessarily always realize that they're stuck in the victim mentality. I think that some people are so used to being there and they've been there forever that they honestly don't see any other options. And they think that other people yep. are just 
happier or something because that's just the way their life is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, kind of going back a little bit to the thoughts I was thinking and um, the power of now. And then also, I don't know if you've read the surrender experiment. Mm-mm. Highly recommend. Um, like life altering book in the process of just simplifying. I mean, it's his life and talking about really cool surrender experiment. I mean, literally he gave himself up to this like surrender experiment, so to speak. Wow. Um but I love like the way his life manifested and the way he broke it down is basically just that we have the power to release our thoughts. And so I think that's why it's so important, especially in personal development. Like let's say you're newer and you're like dabbling a little bit and you're stuck in all this negativity and you're like, my brain doesn't look like hers. I have negative thoughts all the time. I feel shitty. I feel whatever, right? Like, but my thing is, is like, everyone has limiting beliefs and negative thoughts. We just need to normalize that a little bit more. And I mean, the thing I wish I would have known years ago is like, oh, my brain's just being a brain. I don't have to believe all these thoughts, right? Like it's going to come up with things to keep me safe, to keep me small, to protect me. But I can just look at it and be like, hey, cool brain. Thanks for keeping me safe. I'm going to choose this other thought instead. And like, we have that ability to literally release the thought and release the charge that it has around it. Mm -hmm. And that's like the work to me of reprogramming is like literally drop the thought, choose a more empowering thought that's going to serve you of where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because our brain is just like trying to do its job, really. It's like, yeah. oh, you're going to get rid of me. If I don't do, if I don't constantly do something for you, then you're going to forget about me. You know, it's, it's funny because we try to fix our brain with our brain a lot of times and it just doesn't necessarily work out that way. I think it goes back to anchoring with the feelings and into your body and like really mm-hmm. feeling it through instead of just keeping it in the mind because like you cannot argue yourself into submission or into what you want to be. I had somebody recently tell me that they're trying to, that they're like beating themselves up They're They've been in a battle with themselves and they're just trying to win this battle. And I was like, well, maybe that's the issue. Maybe you're, you know, you're never going to battle <laughs> against yourself inside yourself. You know, what if you were to make friends with that part of yourself, ask it why it's there, the part that you don't necessarily love that you're battling with and make friends with it. Why is it there? And, and learn, learn to dance with it instead of trying to fight it. And it's just torturing yourself inside yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Prison. Mm-hmm. And I think everyone can relate to that, right? Because whether it's like a current state or a past state of like things that we've been taught not to like, or we don't like ourselves, or we've had an embarrassing moment or a story of shame or something, right? Like that's the piece of ourselves or pieces that we often just want to dismiss and be mad at. Mm-hmm. And then we tend, when we want to suppress the, that side of ourselves, we'll attract those people with those qualities into our lives so that they can mirror to us. And then we get triggered by them. And then we're 
a lot of times continuing to place the blame outside of ourselves instead of being like, wow, why am I feeling this way? What inside of me is being tapped on? It, I like to think of it as like, you know, you have that uncle at Thanksgiving that you can't talk about whatever around because you're going to hurt his feelings. And it's like tapping on a little scab or something. It's like, you know, it's going to pick it off and then everybody's going to be in trouble. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so true. Those th- I mean, those things will keep showing up in our lives, right? Like until we heal them and learn the lessons. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things, you know, and I realized this in my own life, but one of my favorite things is when people say that they feel like they're, they're in a cycle that they can't break and they keep hitting these same experiences and it keeps getting harder and harder every time. And it's like almost getting more and more intense. And I'm like, wow, that's really awesome that you can see that, that clearly, because now you know, that's exactly where the work needs to be done. Like, thank God the universe is showing that to you in that way. And you're actually seeing it now just change the way you're the lens that you're looking at it through. Absolutely. Cause right? Without awareness, we can't do anything to break the patterns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of times with our lack of awareness, we're not recognizing those limiting beliefs. And then we continue to talk ourselves out of things and we keep ourselves playing small, playing small. So can you speak on how you've seen that show up in, in your business and even in yourself maybe, and how you've overcome that like internal dialogue and recognized it for what it really is? Yeah. You know, I think it's anything, like you said, that shows up that tries to keep us small. Like, let's say you have a deep desire to do, you know, the next level in your business, like grow to make more money or serve more clients or whatever. Like, again, your brain is going to show up and protect you and tell you it's not safe because, you know, maybe you're going to have to put yourself out there more on the internet and get on video and that feels scary or, Um, I think a thing that's really shown up for me and some of my other clients is like this fear of being salesy or annoying or like, you know, that girl, whatever she is that you have that picture of that you don't want to be. Um, but the fastest hack and the way I know how to like work through this, both in myself and with clients is like, really think about that one person in front of you. Because what happens is we have this fear, we have something that shows up, and especially as it relates to business, we then make it all about ourselves. I'm afraid, I can't do this, I blah, 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 whatever. That's not what matters. Like, you're important and unique and special in all of those things, yes, but your business is a service. And so when you are focused so much on how you feel, you are not showing up for that one person that could use your help. And so that is the fastest way for me to like always explain it to people is like when you are so stuck in your fear and you're so afraid of what everyone's going to think about you, Sally down the road or whoever that needs to hear your message does not get to hear your message because you are hiding out in fear and you're doubting yourself and you're making it about yourself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me, it's like, focus on that. And can you do that? And keep reminding yourself. And, you know, like people talk about it different ways, like coming back to your why and really focusing on like why you started your business in the first place. But it's so true. It's like, why did you? Like, 
I, and I guarantee for almost everyone, it's to help someone or it's a place you used to be that you struggled with and you overcame or you got, you know, at least a few steps ahead and you really want to bring people with you. Like I work with amazing clients and I know so many amazing people in the online space that have hearts of gold that genuinely want to help and serve people. And so it's like, come back to that and remember why you started and that will get you out of your fear and that will get you into a place of like attracting the right people to work with you too because when you are coming from that genuine authentic place like people can sense that yeah definitely and it's also a disservice to stand in our own way and to block ourselves it's not allowing those people who are in need of your service to get that healing and it also it causes more blocks. So when you're holding yourself back from doing the things that you want to do, it causes more internal block in all different areas. It makes me think about the chakras. Like if you're not expressing yourself fully, then it's going to start to tumble. The, I, I think of chakras as like stacking books, you know, and if one's not completely mm. level, then the others can't be level either. And I just feel like they start toppling whenever we're not honoring ourselves and we're telling ourselves that we're not worthy of doing what it is that we know that we need to do. And a lot of times I feel like we second guess ourselves because again, we don't trust ourselves. And so when we think that we have this call, we're also like, Oh, that's not really a call for me. You know, we'll, we'll like even doubt that in the, in the time. So uh, I want to speak a little absolutely. bit about um, the tools that you have learned, like with, helping people recognize everything that they've already done and then having developing that self-awareness and stuff. And then I just was wondering, where did you learn those tools and how did you develop that in your own life? Yeah. So it's been a combination of a lot of things, you know? Um, so I have a master's in counseling. I used to be a therapist a long time ago. Um, but again, hindsight is like such a fascinating thing because I feel like, looking back, I'm like, did I know anything back then in terms of like what actually could help move people through and get them to the other side of things? Um, and I'm sure I did, but I just have a lot more tools now in my toolkit than I had then. So um, I think the frustrating and empowering thing is that there aren't these big fat secrets, you know, kind of like, like what we were talking about before, but it can feel really frustrating because I think we look at people, you know, whether that's somebody that's one step ahead of you or 20 steps ahead of you. And we're like, well, certainly they have some secret tools and they have everything figured out. And it's like, no, no. Uh, you know, I, I, I know a lot of very successful people and it's like, no, no, not, not true. I mean, of course they have tools and ways of being and navigating and different ways of thinking for sure. Um, but honestly, like so much has come through, I would say books and mentors and life experience and just really being like, this is kind of who I've always been, but like being an observer and like studying human behavior. And I mean, that's why, you know, I have two psychology degrees because I'm like obsessed with what, what makes people tick and what makes people change. And so 
how can we get so observational like we were talking about in the curiosity piece i think is like the first step of a tool that i would recommend to anyone that like has no idea where to start is like can you get really curious like if you're finding yourself stuck or in like defensive places or not knowing like what to do can you get curious like who do i want to be what kind of life do i want what would it be if i didn't have these like nagging thoughts that i had to do a certain thing or it had to look a certain way you know like can you start there because I almost think if you start anywhere else, you're going to be copying somebody's formula and it's not going to feel like your own. So you need to do some self-exploration first of like, what do you actually want? And then your brain's going to automatically go to like, it's not possible. Like that's just where it's going to go. But you know, can you sit with that and allow space for that? Um, and still like feel those things come up of saying like, there's no way you can do X, Y, and Z. Who are you to want X, Y, and Z, but like still allow yourself to go there and, and trust that, uh, your desires are good and they're there for a reason. Like, I really believe that. And then the work becomes unlearning a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And removing that shame around having desire. A lot of women, especially, mm. I know, have a lot of shame around wanting things for themselves because they feel like they should be so selfless. And it's like, oh, it's selfish of me if I want anything for myself so I can be happy. They just want to give and provide. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Mm -hmm. So developing that observance, it takes me back to the childlike nature. And one of my favorite exercises to do is to take away all of the like okay if money wasn't a factor if there was no limitation in life think about as a little kid what would what's like your wildest dream and allow yourself to dream big and then like you're saying let those beliefs and those that programming arise within and then you can also talk to it and be like oh why are you here you're telling me that we can never have these things well why do you believe that and start to have develop that relationship with yourself on the inside i feel like a lot of times we really neglect ourselves and recognizing that it is a relationship that we have with ourselves like you're saying the longest relationship you will ever have and so yeah. that awareness and then learning how to once you have that awareness around yourself and then having somebody to come in and kind of help guide you because i i found for myself a lot of times it can be when you're diving into yourself and really learning how to be vulnerable and raw with yourself it can get really overwhelming and so gaining the trust to invest in myself change everything because i mean i read all the self-help books i would listen to all the podcasts all the free content everything and i knew a lot i absorbed a lot but when it came to really really implementing it and really forcing myself to sit in the uncomfortable moments and where the change was hiding where i was trying to avoid even though i was doing i was so caught up in the education and learning that i wasn't taking the action and so can you speak on how someone that seems like they feel like they're stuck in that education spot to trust themselves enough to invest in themselves mm -hmm. so that they can take that action and implement all of these tools. Yeah, which I think is such a common theme. 
particularly as it's to uh, the online space and, and personal development and change in general, right, is to be caught in that like forever learner type mentality versus like integration, like you're speaking of. So the way I like to look at it is like, can you bird's eye view, get a little bit objective again? And let's say, let's say you're going to invest in yourself for your business. Like you are looking at, you know, investing in a course or a coach or something that's going to really help you to get out of your own way and do the work and hold space for you. It's asking yourself, like, what comes up that tells you it's not going to quote unquote pay off or the, that you're not worth it or whatever is going to be on that other side. And then this is like so annoyingly woo-woo, but I believe it to my core is like, how can you then get to a place of decision within yourself? And for some people, this is like an easy thing to tap into, but for most of us, it's pretty hard, I would say. But it's like, how can you decide that this is the thing, whatever it is, like most people have a thing they're like feeling called to, right? They're like, but should I, should I not? It's a lot of money. I don't know. Right. But trust yourself that like this thing, whether it's a person or a course, you're being led to that. And then can you develop that self-trust, which is so scary. I'd love to say like, oh, it just becomes easier. No, like the investments get bigger. The same stakes are like always there, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But can you like first step is develop that self-trust of like, okay, I'm going to listen to myself. I'm being called to like, work with this person. I really feel like he, she can help me. Um, and then can you decide ahead of time? Cause this is where we sabotage ourselves. We're like one foot in one foot out. We're like, okay, I'm going to do it. But if it doesn't work out X, Y, and Z or blah, blah, right? Like we, we've all been, at least I talked to many of people and we've all been there. At least I personally have been there. Plenty of clients have been there versus can you decide like, this person is absolutely 100% going to help me to get to be where I want to go. And like, I trust myself. It's not about the person, but it's about me like in that energy exchange of like paying them. Cause I really believe in the exchange of money as being energy. And if you can decide first, like it is wild, wild what will happen because you're going both feet in then you're like not giving yourself an out but we do it because we are afraid and we're scared and it's our like safety net. If it doesn't work out, quote unquote, then we're like, see, I knew it. And you can live in your self-sabotage. Yeah. Yeah, totally. We always want to give ourselves an out whenever we're trying to make a change for the better. And we don't trust the decision. For some reason, we feel like we're going to make a wrong decision without realizing that any decision we make is the right decision for us and stressing out over making a right or a wrong decision is that's something that's all internal. That's not actually usually the case. And I truly believe that when the student is ready, the this is kind of woo woo too, I think when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And when the teacher is ready, the student will appear. And so if you find yourself in that circumstance, then I think that that is your invitation to be like, oh, well, thank you very much for presenting this to me so beautifully so I can see it. But a lot of people are like, ah, scary. You know, it takes a lot of time to retrain your brain and be like, oh, the universe is helping me. It's not happening to me. Everything is a gift along the way and to look at it differently. Changing the lens. 
that's what I like to always say. Yeah. yeah well awesome oh thank you so much for coming up on the end of our time I would love for you to just let us know about any offers you have how can people contact you where do they find you yeah, absolutely. This has been so fun. So fun. Um, so you can find me on Instagram. I just uh, switched over my name. It's called setyourselffree.llc. I am on Facebook. I have a community. I would love to have anyone that wants to come join. I do free challenges every month. I've got one coming up in October. Um, it's called the Set Yourself Free Community. And then I also offer free 30 minute calls. If anyone is interested in popping on the phone and seeing if we're a good fit to work together, I'm always happy to dive into talk about mindset shifts that you can make right now to make more money in your business. Awesome. Yeah. And you gave away so much free content. I can't imagine anybody being like, oh my God, I can't wait to work with this girl. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much. I'm so happy you were here today and I hope you have a great rest of I have a question for you. Are you always searching for holistic ways to heal your ailments? I know, girl. Me too. Well, I am so excited to share something with you that has honestly changed my life forever. Like, seriously, I'm never going back. Have you heard of essential oils? If you haven't, then my next question would be, have you been living under a rock? Essential oils have helped me in so many ways. I cannot even mention them all here, but I will tell you my faves. I started using essential oils because I have suffered from migraines since I was 12, and I've always hated taking migraine medication. Anyone who's taken it knows that it's almost as bad as the migraine itself. It leaves you feeling all woozy and out of touch with reality and the only thing that you want to do is sleep like for the rest of your life. Ew. Well, my mom introduced me to peppermint essential oil and I cannot even remember the last time I had to take one of those nasty little pills to hopefully ease the pain. I just put a few drops of essential oil on my head and neck and within seconds I'm feeling relief. And I even put it on my tummy because it has very powerful anti-nausea effects. And if you have ever had a migraine, then you know how nauseous you can be from them. And I have to mention tea tree oil here because it's been a lifesaver for me during these COVID times. I've been diffusing it constantly to keep the air purified in my apartment. It gives me so much peace of mind because even just breathing comfortably can feel a little challenging these days. If you want to learn more about the magical powers of essential oils and how they can help you heal in your life, then scroll on down to my doTERRA link in the show notes. There you will learn all about what essential oils are, how they work, and how to use essential oils to change your life. And feel free to reach out to me on social with any questions you may have. And if you loved this episode, I would love if you could leave me a review on iTunes or you can find me on Instagram at the worthy bitch or YouTube at the same handle. My email is theworthybitch at gmail.com with a period instead of an I in the word bitch. So that is the worthy B period TCH at gmail.com. And stay tuned for my website that is currently in the making. I love to connect with you and hear from you. And I look forward to meeting you very soon. Have a great day, Chica Cita.